Just got to say this before we start. Um, big shout-outs to my boy, Refuse to Lose. Uh, sorry, but I have to tell everyone that you're a complete trash can at League of Legends. You know, I, I told him that I was going to say that on the episode. He didn't believe me, but he's trash. Um, you guys can all spam him. It's Refuse, T-O-O, Lose. So if you guys want to annoy him, you can just spam him in-game and call him a trash can. That would be great. He was once a fan like you, but... Now I've trash-talked him to the point where he just hates me. So, you know, that's cool. Welcome back to another League of Legends radio episode. I am your host. I'm Ponderous. I'm a sea lion. And I will be talking about Fnatic's AD Cannon pick as well as the impending Marksman update and what I would personally like to see from it. We have no time to waste. Oh, wait. We do have time to waste. I can waste all of your times. You belong to me now. Here's five seconds of solid silence because I can. And see, I, I even waited for six seconds there. It, I own you right now. I own your eardrums. This is amazing. I forgot all the power that I hold over you right now. <laughs> I think my evil laugh could use some work, but, you know, it's all good. So, something that you may or may not be aware of is that Riot plans to rework the AD carry class, also known as the Marksman class. I always call it Marksman. I always say Marksman. Like, I actually I actually get a little bit offended if you call them ADCs because they're Marksman, guys. They're Marksmen. Marksman. I wonder when Riot's going to figure out that that's never going to catch on. I mean, I, I see, like, the new players who have been playing since, like, Season 5 say it sometimes, but, like, no one who's played this game for longer than a year is ever going to start saying Marksman. I just find it funny. Anyways, so, they are reworking 80 carries as a class. And when we talk about that, I think that one thing that should just be mentioned before we go into that, is the Ash rework. Now, the Ash rework was one of the things that I liked best about it is that the way that they reworked her crit to not make it RNG based and to make it and to make it an actual auto attack amplifying the damage thing. So that was nice. I liked that. That was a good thing about that rework. I think that it also they might be using some of the mechanics of the crit in that rework because crit is such a key component to marksman 80 carries and melee carries like Trindamere compared to any other class. Those are the only classes that really use crit chance. Like you'll occasionally see an infinity edge on a Talon or a Zed, but typically it's reserved to these champions who auto attack for the majority of their damage. So, to rework Marksman, to put them in a better spot, you're going to have to do something with crit. That's what they did with Ash. They reworked her crit to make it an auto-attack amplifying on the damage. 
one reason that crit well we should give a little bit I should give a little bit of background first crit chance has been around for a long time and back early even before I started playing there was this thing called dodge like dodge runes which would mean that you actually have a chance of dodging an enemy attack when it hits you just completely randomly you can dodge it it was totally rng based and if you've noticed one thing that riot has definitely done well over the years is tried to tone down the amount of rng elements that are in league of legends or i should say pseudo rng because it's based off of a percentage it's not truly random because you know you've got 20 percent crit chance 20 percent of your attacks will crit it's yeah it's not technically RNG, completely random number generation. Anyways, so Riot kind of figured out, hey, that's really dumb and should not actually be in our game. So they removed dodge runes and they removed dodge chance from the game, unless you've got like Jax or something, but which is 100% dodge chance. It's part of his kit. It's meant to be there, which is how things should be. They should have all their power on the surface for the most part, in my opinion. But when they did this, they, for some reason, did not remove critical chance, and it has been creating issues for us ever since. I think that if they had the knowledge that they have now, they would have definitely removed it at the time, because it's just... RNG is a really bad mechanic. It's like Phage. You know that it now gives the little speed boost or whatever when you kill things. Well, it used to be a 25% chance of slowing the enemy on an auto attack. That was really dumb because you can auto attack them four times and not get a slow or you can auto attack them one time and get the slow. It's just how lucky are you feeling today? So the that was a bad mechanic. They removed it and yet we still have the biggest example of the pseudo RNG. Crit chance is still in the game, still causing issues. I will give you guys an illustration. Again, in all my stories that I get from solo queue, I'm not salty, so don't go around getting the idea that, you know, I harbor a grudge for this ranked match that happened over a year ago. It's just a, it's just a really good uh, indication of um, what can happen when you get unlucky when it comes to crit chance. So, <laughs> I was playing Master Yi, big surprise there, and I was ganking a Trindomir, and I... I believe it was he was about level three and I was like level three were around that that point. <laughs> He'd started off with a long sword and three potions. So I was ganking him. He's just used his heal and he's only got like five fury built up. And if you guys are familiar with Trinomir, you know when he builds up his fury bar to hundred percent, that gives him thirty five percent crit chance. So that divided by twenty, he's got three and a half crit chance or a little bit less than 2% crit chance. My bad. Math is hard. <laughs> he has a little bit less than 2 crit chance. I walk into lane. He just turns around. I, I swear to God, this is what happened. I promise you this is what happened. He turns around when I gank. He crits me. He gets about 10 fury for that. And then he crits me again. And then he spins on me and auto-attacks me one more time and I died. He crit me twice in a row. And I checked out for the game. He did not have crit runes on that account. He just, he crit me from 5 Fury, and then he crit me from 15 Fury. And I lost the game because Trindomir got a snowball off that, and he kind of pentakilled all of us, and it was terrible. I'm, 
Again, not salty. Would never be salty. Um, never. Not me. You must be thinking of someone else. I would never, never be salty about that. <laughs> but you, even the people who support Crit Chance being in the game, have to admit that's really, really dumb. <laughs> I did not get outplayed. Again, what salty people say, but I legitimately did not get outplayed. There's no way for me to play around what happened. Like, you you can't prepare for that. You can't prepare for two crits in a row to happen like that. I mean, if he's got full fury, you want to be a little bit more careful. Even then, statistically, it should not happen very often. But for him to have that low of crit chance and for that to happen and him to win the game off it, or at least win his lane, you can't say that one kill wins a game, but it screwed me over, screwed top lane over, so that's two of our five people that just got wrecked. But anyways, it had nothing. the point that I'm making is that it had nothing to do with his skill. That had nothing to do with why he won. I mean, obviously, he's playing Trinomir, the only champion more brain dead than Master Yi. It has nothing to do with his skill that he won. But... Yet, he's, he was rewarded by this mechanic for doing nothing good, and for us doing nothing bad, which is not good. Games that are great for PvP environments rely on little to no RNG at all. They, they really do test the skill of the two players at hand. That didn't test anyone's skill. Crit Chance, in general, doesn't test anyone's skill. If you get lucky, and that's why people will run a single crit room, because every once in a while, for no reason, they'll get a crit, and they'll win the lane because of it. it. It's really dumb, and it has nothing to do with anyone's skill, and yet it still exists. It, It's a pointless and outdated mechanic that needs to be removed, and I'm really hoping that Riot does something with it to make it a bit more dynamic in the Marksman update. One thing that I've seen thrown around quite a bit is to change it to an auto-attack multiplier. So, say if you're playing Sivir and you buy a Zeal, that gives 10% crit, right? I'm going to say it gives 10% crit. That could be wrong, but I think it does. Anyways, it gives 10% crit. You've got 100 AD and 10% crit. Your auto-attacks now deal 110 damage each. Very simple, very straightforward. It's a straight-up auto-attack multiplier. That's all it does. Every single one of your attacks does 110 damage each rather than just 100 with the occasional 200 damage one. And if you add up, you know, 110 and multiply it by 10, so for every 10 auto-attacks you deal 1,100 damage. Same thing if you take 9 auto-attacks that deal 100 damage and add them and add one that does 200 damage, that's your one crit. It's the same amount of damage. What people think will happen is that it will be abused by champions like Irelia, who are very auto-attack heavy, centric, bruiser-type champions, who don't build crit right now. Now, (laughs) I'm sorry, but I honestly think that this is the best way to go, is to do what I just mentioned. And to people who use that as their argument, I, I just have to say... I just gave the illustration that it gives you the same amount of damage as it does before. You don't see Irelia's building crit chance right now for a reason. The champion wants stats other than crit right now because Irelia doesn't like to build 
because I really doesn't like to build straight damage. It that's as simple as I can put it. If Irelia wanted crit chance, she'd be buying it right now, with the current system or not. Any champion who wants more damage builds crit, or they don't. It which sounds dumb, but it doing it that way would not affect who wants crit chance. It would just make crit chance a way less stupid mechanic. Now, there could be more complicated reasons for not doing it, but I, I don't know. I just I find it to be a very weak excuse to say that champions will abuse it. It's the same mechanic implemented in a way less stupid way because it affects your damage the same way that the current system does. So nobody new is going to be using it. It's just going to be cleaning it up for the people who already do use it. That's all I'm saying. Crit chance aside, the other big issue that should be tackled with the Marksman update is itemization. Want me to give you an 80 carry build? There, there are several. And by several, I mean like three. You can get Phantom Dancer, Infinity Edge, Boots, Last Whisper, Bloodthirster, Defensive Item. That's pretty much it. You can switch out Phantom Dancer for Static Shiv sometimes. You can sometimes get away with selling your boots for another Phantom Dancer or a Zephyr. You can sometimes swap out your Bloodthirster for a Bork, depending on the champion you're playing. And you can choose between Guardian Angel, Banshee's Veil, and Quicksilver Sash for your defensive item. And that's about it. There are a few champions that work differently, like Kindred and Callista, who like to go with Runons and build weird stuff. But in general, your Jinxes, your Caitlyns, your Tristanas are all building the exact same items every game, almost to a T. That is not good. You'll remember that I was praising Riot recently for their Ability Power item update, and I thought they did a really good job with that because it brings a lot more viable builds to the forefront of what you can do and what can you can't do. Because think about it, a few, like at the beginning of Season 5, I want to say, it was pretty much every game, Ludens, Rabadon's Deathcap, Mana Item, Zonia's Hourglass, Sorcerer's Shoes, Void Staff. Those were your six items. You'd see them on every mage, every game. With maybe one swapped out, the Mana Item swapped out for an Abyssal Scepter on Katarina or Diana. That was it. Those were the builds you saw, or Lich Bane if you're playing like Fizz. That was pretty much it. That was the extent of the builds. Now we have a lot more cool diversity with seeing more items like Athenes and Rylai's be played a lot more often. It's really widened the order that champions can build them and really which items are viable and which ones aren't. It was it was a nice thing to see because AP mage builds were very cookie cutter at the beginning of the season, very similar to the way the 80 carry builds have been for a long time. I don't have a good suggestion, I should say, for this one. I I don't know how to fix it. Maybe once they fix crit chance, that will open up some more room for more diversified builds, but I really would like to see more than one dominant strat always being seen. Like, we would see them, people rush bloodthirster every game and then it got nerfed and then we would see people rush infinity edge every single game that's what we see right now it's there's very little room for maneuverability which is one of cool one of the cool things about league of legends is that you can 
you have a lot of adaptability in each game for what you want to do. And item builds are one of the contributing factors for that. So not being able to build the items that you necessarily want to build just because you have to build this to be optimal can be an issue. And it's one that I think that Riot should really be cognizant of when they do the Marksman update. And for the love of God, nerf Vayne by more than 3 AD. That is not a funny meme, Riot. You think that you're so clever, they're like, oh, 5 AD, warrior enchantment, Ugh. No. Nerf that damn champion into the ground already. Ugh. 3 AD, uh, look at us, we're memeing, we're so funny. You're not cute, Riot. <sighs> right, so I figured that I should talk about Worlds a little bit, because, you know, it's the World Championship. As I've mentioned, I don't know a lot about Worlds, I don't, or about LCS in general. Don't watch it that often. But I was intrigued by this article on Reddit. So I wanted to talk about it. It's called AD Cannon Explained. It's on liquidlegends.net. And it was written by AdsMoFro. Don't know. <laughs> sure, why not? And it's just talking about Fnatic's little pocket pick of AD Carry Cannon that Reckless almost got a penta on, but Scumbag Yellowstar. Had to take it because, you know, it's got to do it. He's keeping the Crepo legacy alive. <laughs> anyway, so the first section is Fnatic's trick pick. Fnatic surprised everyone in the second week of Worlds by pulling out one of the shock picks of the tournament. After picking Cannon alongside Nar in the second rotation against Invictus Gaming, many assumed it would be support Cannon, a role we've seen him fill often, especially when paired with Callista. Then Fnatic picked Shen and Victor and confusion reigned. Would it be ADC NAR? Perhaps Reckless's client crashed and the game would require a re remake of the draft phase? The seconds ticked by as the cannon stayed locked in the AD carry roll. It turned out it really would be ADC cannon. The tournament format. First off, it's key to note that Fnatic did not pick cannon in week 1 where the games were split across multiple days. Week 2 had a completely different dynamic in that all games for each group were on one day. That meant that there was less time for teams to react and to create counterpicks to the AD cannon. This gave Fnatic the advantage, and they used the AD cannon in their games against Cloud9 and Invictus Gaming, and forced AHQ to take away the cannon and put Ziv on a champion he didn't look comfortable on. After groups, Fnatic had probably shown more cards than they would have wanted to. With unorthodox picks like this, after some time has passed, some of the novelty wears off. Teams figure it out and are more prepared for it. Some would have wrote off Fnatic's pick as a cheese pick for the group stage and would doubt them picking it again in the bracket stage. The true test for AD Cannon's viability was whether they'd pick it a week later against EDG. They pulled it out again for the first game of the series, proving then, at least for Fnatic, AD carry was not a novelty. The unseen damage is the deadliest. I'm kinda sick right now, that sounded good, right? <laughs> uh. Looking at Kennen's abilities, people will be quick to note the lack of AD ratios on many of his abilities. In fact, the only ability that has an AD ratio is his W passive, which deals bonus magic damage equal to 40% of his AD at level 1. Max out, it deals 80% of Kennen's AD. In the waning phase, this damage is extremely influential in early trades, as it means the other ADCs simply can't deal with the additional damage. At level 6, and without any items besides Doran's Blade, 
That is an additional 52 damage every 5 auto attacks. With a Vampiric Scepter, a fairly common item if a team were to lane swap and fast push a tower, that jumps up to 58 damage, and with Bilgewater Cutlass, it ends up being 67 damage. That's more than a BF Sword worth of damage, and if you time your engages well, you could possibly get 2 or more strikes of the W passive off. Another part of Kennen's kit that is instrumental to his success as an AD carry is his E, Lightning Rush. Besides granting increased movement speed, an oft-forgotten part of Kennen's E is the additional armor and magic resist it grants. At rank 1, it grants an additional 10 armor and magic resist for 4 seconds. To put, it that, to put that into perspective, that's a free, fully stacked grave passive at level 2. Reckless also ranks it up 2nd after his W. That means after level 13... He'll have an additional 50 armor and magic resist from his E, making Kennen a deceptively tanky AD carry, allowing Reckless to flash ult into teams without being immediately blown up. It does have the disadvantage of leaving you unable to auto-attack for a few seconds, however since it's mostly used to position for the ultimate, it doesn't affect AD Kennen's viability too much. Along with the surprising damage and tankiness from his abilities, he also has a higher base AD than most AD carries and has high base attack speed. He's also very rare in that he's an energy-based champion, so he can't go oom either. Finally, his passive allows him to stun enemy champions often and reliably. Something almost no other AD carry can offer. Can offer. Add all this together and it makes Kennen a decent lane bully. Kennen also benefits from somewhat unique build path of Blade of the Ruined King into Runan's Hurricane, which is more forgiving than the standard Infinity Edge build path of other AD carries. That means that not only does Kennen have a strong laning phase, he also spikes earlier than other AD carries and is able to have a smooth power curve into the late game. With a Blade of the Ruined King and Runan's Hurricane, his W passive becomes incredibly easy to proc, and Kennen start to... starts to deal an enormous amount of damage. Control the zones. I like how dramatic all the thingies are. The thingies. You're well-spoken, Ponderous Sealant. Whatever. <laughs> so you're probably still thinking, even with all this damage, I still don't see why you'd pick him over Callista, who is another lane bully ADC that also builds Blade into Runans. And you're right, Callista is better than Kennen in most situations, but for Fnatic especially, Kennen works wonders. Potential damage zones are often the most overlooked part of a team fight. Oftentimes, it's not how much damage you can output in a fight, but the potential of damage output. This potential damage output creates zones where the enemy can no longer reliably engage on you without getting bursted down. A popular recent example is Vigar, whose E, Event Horizon, creates a massive zone around towers to ensure that a team can easily and safely push a tower. Another example of this, in the composition KT ran with Arrow's Kog'Maw, they foregoed the standard Protect the Kog'Maw compositions and instead created a composition centered around creating zones where the enemy couldn't engage on their hyper-carry AD carry, using Echo Jungle and Azir to basically form invincible peel for their AD carry. It was a very strong composition and helped KT climb the LCK ladder in the middle of the season until Tank Echo Jungle received several nerfs and teams began banning away Nognaze's ear. Basically what it's saying is, don't let me into my zone. <laughs> I hope someone laughed. If even one person laughed at it, that made that joke worth it. Fnatic's cannon pick also works in a similar but more aggressive manner. If we take a look at the compositions Fnatic ran with the cannon ADC, there's a specific strategy behind them. In the three games it was played, it was paired with Victor every time, and once paired with a top lane Jarvan 4. I feel like I, like, I feel like I should say J4 or Jarvan the 4th. I feel like Jarvan 4 is just like, bleh. Both Jarvan and Victor can, can create zones where the enemy cannot engage, allowing them to not only create picks easily, but also have the capability of having a formidable counter-engage. Jarvan the 4th can lock down 
an enemy ADC with his ultimate, leaving Reckless able to have his ult dealing damage into the zone of Jarvan's ultimate while he stands safely outside of Jarvan's ultimate walls. Victor can also create zones with his W and follow up on the AoE damage of a cannon ult with his own ultimate. Another factor to consider is the build that Feb Febuvin has gone for all of the games. Instead of going for a heavy burst damage build with something like Luden's Echo, he's gone towards buying Lichbane, increasing his DPS to make up for the lower DPS of Cannon in the late game compared to other 80 carries. Will they pick it again? No longer a surprise pick, Fnatic ran run the risk of running into a counter strategy to their ADC Cannon the longer they hold on to it. Despite this, the fact that Cannon is also a flex pick which makes it safe enough for Fnatic to pick him early in the draft without locking in the ADC Cannon. That's just... That's a sentence fragment. <laughs> Despite this, the fact that Cannon is also a flex pick, which makes it safe enough for Fnatic to pick him early in the draft without locking in on the ADC Cannon. If I hadn't put the fact that Cannon is, it would be correct because the fact the 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 fact that them putting the fact that Cannon is turns the whole sentence into a noun. But if they just said Cannon is is would be the verb, Kenan would be the subject, and it would work. I need a grammar podcast, I'm telling you. Sentence fragment. <laughs> With Sivir's utility nerfed and Ash requiring much more protection than Fnatic will usually offer for Reckless, AD Kenan is the next best option. It would be surprising if Fnatic doesn't play AD Kenan at least once in their semifinal. Ku is fortunate in that both their top laner and their support have shown a high level of proficiency on Kenan, meaning that they can pick it away if they so choose. However, this also means that Fnatic will be able to get another high-priority pick. Ultimately, AD Cannon fits Fnatic's playstyle perfectly. With two high-damage carry solo laners and Reckless on a utility champion with excellent self-peel, he makes Fnatic's compositions far more well-rounded. Make no mistake, AD Cannon won't be as meta-changing as something like Ku's Ash Malphite composition, but for Fnatic, it's an incredibly potent pick. So, I liked this article. I liked that it explains the situations and reasoning to some extent behind the AD Cannon. One thing that I just wanted to take away from this that I thought was cool is the idea of flex picks in competitive play. You can even do flex picks in solo queue if you want. Like if you play something like Karma, you can just lock it in and say, I'll go mid or support, depending on what the enemy team picks. That can work as well. But I really like seeing flex picks in competitive play. because. This year, Champion Select has been really cool. It's been probably the most dynamic ch Champion Selects that I've seen because teams are playing much more for team composition this year than they have in past years, in my opinion. Now, they were important last year, but even Faker was talking about when he won Season 3 World Championships, he was quoted as saying that it was all about mechanics, that team compositions and overarching strategy didn't really matter that much. It was about who had better mechanics overall would probably win the games, and that's why they won so much, because they had the best mechanics. And that's what helped them win the Season 3 championship. Kennen especially is one of the best flex picks in the game, honestly, especially if you can play him AD. Because really, he can fill any role except jungle. He hasn't been seen mid lane that often, but he can play it. He's a good top laner. He's a good support. He's apparently a good AD carry. So picking Kennen early in the draft doesn't give anything away to your opponents. If you pick Vigar early, he's another priority pick. They know that he's pretty much going to go mid. Darius is pretty much always going to go top. You don't really see 
these champions go anywhere other than these roles, but Kennen can really throw your opponents for a loop. They won't know what to do with him. They don't they don't know where he's going necessarily. They have to somewhat scramble to adapt to what Kennen can do, which is have great zone control and pretty good utility for his team. They have to figure out what does well against that, and they have to pick it. Personally, one thing that I'm thinking, I don't really know how strong Jace is right now. I haven't seen him played. I don't know if he has been played. He might have been. Don't quote me on that, but I really think that Jace or Karma or something would be a pretty good pick against him. Something that has, you know, pretty good kite. Like, you know, the Karma has her Q, slow him down. He can't really engage as well. And it's got a good way to get her carries out of the range of his ultimate, out of their zoning. Or, again, something like the Azir that will just create this zone control and keep people forced out of these positions and sort of screw up the Kennen's positioning. Those would be interesting to see. Those are good general picks against Kennen, but in the waning phase, it's not going to help them as much. And if they lose the waning phase to the Kennen, because as I mentioned, he has pretty good bully potential, that could really end up hurting them a lot. So I like seeing these off-meta picks that teams run in competitive play. I think that this Worlds has been excellent for diversity of champions played, even though there are some champions like uh, Mordekaiser, Darius, that have been sort of dominant, but I think it's better to have a few outliers that are very strong and a bunch of strong picks under them than it has been in previous season where there's just a lot of strong picks. Well, not like there's a, just a small amount of strong picks that's just big enough that those are the only champions they have to dip into. Like four or five good top laners, four or five good mid laners, and those are the only champions that are really picked. We've actually seen a lot more diversity this year. It's been great. So, interested to see if they pull out the AD cannon anymore, and I'll be looking forward to it. It's again that time where I must say my goodbyes to you. Reach out to me on Twitter or at my Gmail, both of which will be in the description. And remember, guys, if you tell one person about me, you get a free taco. Just, just go to your nearest taco place and just tell them that you you said, League of Legends Radio said I can have a free taco. And they'll say, oh, yeah, 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 I remember that. And they'll give you a free taco. If you tell someone about me, you have to tell someone about me. Could even be the guy working at the taco place. But one single person, get a free taco. It's a great deal. As always, I'm your host, and I'll catch you on the flippity-flop. And go Origin! Woo! This has been League of Legends Radio.